Welcome to a very special episode of Signs from the Other Side with Fern Rone. I'm your host, Fern Rone, and to celebrate 50 episodes of this show, I have compiled the chill-inducing moments, the good kind of chills, from some of the past 50 episodes. I hope you enjoy this, and I cannot thank you enough for listening, for following along on Instagram, for being a part of the Facebook group. If you happen to be listening for the first time, please be sure to check out our group on Facebook. Just search Believers in Signs. It's a place to share stories of signs with like-minded people. Everyone is so supportive and just really gets it and appreciates these stories. And if you would like to follow along on Instagram, it's signs from the other side pod. And of course, if you're looking for something to read or something to give as a gift to a reader who loves these stories, check out my novels, Better in the Morning and Better Believe It. I describe them as sex in the city meets ghosts. I also warn everyone that the protagonists have potty mouths. So if that would offend you, forget you heard this part, but still follow me on Instagram. I love hearing from you and I love hearing your stories and definitely join the group. Again, it's Believers in Signs on Facebook. You can also find all of these links on my website at fernrone.com. Enough about me. Let's get to it. Here's to 50 episodes and the most amazing guests a podcast host could ask for. I'm so grateful to all of them and to all of you for listening. They had a very, I guess, cheeky or joking relationship. They were really fond of each other because this was my mother's, my mother's mom. So it was my dad's mother-in-law. And they would always bet dimes on the Stanford-USC football game. After she passed away, my dad started finding dimes. We moved her break front into our house. We left the room, went to get something to drink, and we came back, and there was a dime just sitting in the middle of the shelf. You know, we stopped finding them for a while. This past, it must have been fall. We were oddly talking about her. It was like she was listening. It was very bizarre. My parents were <laughs> over to watch the USC-UCLA game. We had been talking about the dimes and how it was sad we didn't really find many anymore. And I go into the kitchen. I start doing dishes. I start the garbage disposal, and it's making a sound like it would if you dropped a fork into it. Of course, my dad right. comes into the kitchen and goes, let me look at that. So he fiddles with it a minute, the switch and everything, and he turns it back on, and a dime flies two feet in the air out of the garbage disposal and lands on the counter. And we all just went, oh, my. I got the first one, and I said, oh, an acorn. That's great. And then by the time the third one came in, I, I just thought, <laughs> okay, this is significant. Donna knows something that I don't yet know. I always say they know things and are able yeah. to use their energy to let you know. It's okay. And they, be okay. they use, yes, and the people that we love who are no longer with us, they use the people that are close to us to communicate yes. with us. Um, mm-hmm. And I've heard that, and I, I'm telling you, I am really skeptical <laughs> Yeah, but I know. That's what makes it, it so great. <laughs> yes. When you live yeah. through this and it just happens in these very heightened moments. I'm not I'm certainly not sitting in that pharmacy in twenty thirteen looking for acorns. I'm really not. I'm right. focused <laughs> on what's happening in this particular moment and the acorns mm-hmm. just sort of find me. I went to every Cantor Fitzgerald Memorial Service. We went to the 9-11 building before it opened with the family members. Mm-hmm. And one day I was driving on the parkway with my top down. Mm-hmm. And it was like some odor passed. 
and I looked around and there was no other car on the road. By the time I identified the smell, it was gone and it was cigar smoke. And I couldn't <laughs> understand because there was nothing around me. So mm -hmm. I turned on the radio and it turned out it was my favorite dance song with Billy. And Billy waddled. And I always made fun of him. And I have a heart crystal hanging from my mirror. And this crystal was going completely 360 side to side, the way Billy used to rotate. And I was, <laughs> was really modeling. freaked out. <laughs> and I'm going, I think I'm getting a Billy experience. So I mm -hmm. went into motor vehicle and I said to the woman, where do I return these plates? And she said, you have to wait for your number to be called. And she handed me 911. I must have been saying to her how worried I was about this diagnosis and what was going to happen. And she had said to me, don't you worry, I will be there at your wedding. Obviously, when she died when I was 15, I knew that wasn't going to be. I got married at 30. And a couple of days before I was at home, I'd had a lie down. It was in the middle of the afternoon. I hadn't fallen asleep. But I was in a very, very relaxed place where your mind starts to drift before sleep. Slowly, I just moved into a different place in my mind. And it was like my eyes were shut, but it was like something playing out before me. I was suddenly standing outside my mum's bedroom and I was in my wedding dress. And I became aware of something to my left. I turned around and I saw my grandmother, Nanny, coming up the staircase behind me. And it was just really natural as if she'd been there all along. We just had eye contact for a couple of seconds. She was saying, I'm here. I'm here too. Howie, he always doing this assessment. And he goes, <laughs> uh, how you feeling, man? And I felt like he was judging me at the time. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, no, he was, I know he was. I know he was. But he asked, and, uh, you know, only said it to say that, you know, I can be honest with Howie. Howie's very, yeah. very open, and we share, mm -hmm. and, we, and you need that, that brotherhood. And, and so mm -hmm. I was just like, man, I just feel off course a little bit. And uh, he was like, oh, man, we got to talk after the film. So then when we come out of the film, this is what's crazy. He says, how's your relationship with God, man? I said, man, I haven't really been consistent in, in visiting him. You know, I've been kind mm -hmm. of wavering a little bit. And uh, he says, man, I think you need to get closer to him. And as soon as we walk out of the theater, we turn to our left. And kid you not, this woman is walking towards us. And her, her shirt, she had a white T-shirt on and big, bold black letters says, God. My grandmother, the day she died, I had these cow lights on my Christmas tree and I got the phone call that she had died. And as soon as I got off the phone, my cow lights died on the Christmas tree. They were brand new that year. They stopped working. I went back to Pennsylvania for the funeral. I'm going upstairs to the bedroom and something fell off the mantle on the fireplace. I thought, I'm just going to leave it. And then something said, no, go pick it up and see what it is. And she had printed out all of these healing psalms from the Bible and stapled them together. And then in the corner, in her handwriting, it said, Dear Whitney, I thought you might find these helpful. I love you, Graham. I left Pennsylvania, went back home. I was at our place and all of the, the doors and windows were shut. I mean, it was December and even though it was California, it still got cool at night. Mm -hmm. And I felt this incredible cold wind flow through my living room. And it went right past me. And I looked at the Christmas tree and all of my little cow lights came back on.
usually when I have smelled him enough to where it, it zooms me right back to my childhood while I'm shopping for produce. <laughs> and I wonder if it's because when you're grocery shopping, like I try not to do anything else because I'm like very focused on what's going on there. And it's almost like my mind has slowed down a bit and everything's like very mm-hmm. clear. So Oh, that's interesting. It's like a form of meditation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the same thing like when you're cooking. And it's happened mm-hmm. a couple of times like when I've been cooking and just focusing on the food. But then on my on for my grandma's side, hers was her perfume. Estee Lauder uses, which is like traditionally an older, wiser woman's fragrance, I think. So for her, it was used to, but it was also, there was something else. If you don't believe, you could just be like, well, somebody else was wearing youth to that day, obviously. But what happens is then, you know, my memory is triggered by those smells. And then I just have this overwhelming sense of like just a hug, like a, hey, yeah, we're, we're here. One day I went to the park and I had met my mom and she would sometimes meet me there with the dog. We went to a different park this day and we sat on a bench and when we got up from the bench, it was one of these benches that have a plaque on it, like that it's dedicated Mm -hmm. to someone. And the plaque on the bench said, love sweet pea. And there was two (gasps) paw prints and sweet pea was the name I had given this dog. This um, (laughs) Sicily had something called another one of her quirks, submissive urination. And she would always go to the bathroom when you didn't want her to. She would get nervous when she saw people. So that's why I called her Sweet Pea. But to come <laughs> off that bench and see that sign with the paw prints, I'm like, that was incredible. bizarre. That's incredible. And I, I was there, like I said, with my mom, and she's like, gee, what, what are the odds of that? Right. Uh, and this park has a million benches. You know, it was just a random occurrence. Uh, it's yeah. still mind-boggling. I was walking in downtown. There were people on the street, and, and suddenly somebody says, Sylvie, and when they call your name and you're walking in a street with people, you don't keep walking and looking back. You stop and look back, right? So it it happened really, really fast. So I stopped, looked back, didn't see anybody waving at me or, or, or just the person who called my name. But at that moment that I stopped to look back, the block of stone or concrete fell from the roof about six floor or seven floors high in front of me. I would have been dead. I was in shock. And if somebody had been calling me, that person would have approached me because obviously they called my name, but nobody that I knew was around me. Nobody had called me. It was just the voice I heard very clearly, Sylvie, that made me stop and save my life. You've had planned your honeymoon you were going to go to California and drive down the coast and you ended up doing that with your mom which is really sweet. Yes my doctoral program allowed me to defer for a year and then my mother and I ended up taking the trip that was supposed to be um, the honeymoon but actually my fiance and I we hadn't planned a whole lot about the honeymoon we only knew that we Mm -hmm. wanted to do um, route one and take the Pacific Pacific Coast Mm -hmm. Highway And Mm -hmm. uh, so when I was out there with my mother, we were at a traffic light in Half Moon Bay. And I remember we were uh, making a left-hand turn onto Route 1, the Pacific Coast Highway, and there was static on the Mm -hmm. radio. So I fiddled with the radio station, and then on came our wedding song. Uh, So it it couldn't have been more clear to uh, (laughs) my mother and I just looked at each other and burst into tears. About a month after my dad had passed, you know, I was a little bit overwhelmed with 
everything that had happened and you know, questioning, what am I doing with my life? Have I made the right decisions? And I'm looking out the window and literally this cardinal, I mean, it was almost like a drone, like it hovers up. <laughs> its beak is, I don't know, four inches away from the, the window. It locks eyes and it's like, kid, get your, get your stuff together. Like pull your <laughs> stuff together, like flies down, hops on the, hops on the grass a little bit in the front yard. And then leaves, and I I see cardinals whenever I'm having those moments when I need a little bit of a readjustment, a little bit mm -hmm. of a push to kind of put put me in the right direction. So my cousin lost her mom when she was about nine. I just lost my dad; it had been like three months, and so you know I was still freshly grieving. And she's like, you know, I remember my mom trying to give me signs when I was a kid, but I think she knew it was scaring me, so she stopped. Mm -hmm. And so I was like well, we know our parents are together. Like, I know my dad's with your mom right now, so let's, let's mm -hmm. ask him for a sign. And we were walking on the beach, and I was like, let's just ask, you know, since I get hearts, let's ask for a heart-shaped shell. And then I was like, no, 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 let's make it really hard on him. And I was like, let's ask for like, <laughs> a heart within a shell. And, like, literally, we walked five feet, and Sarah looks at the floor, and she just started crying because of this perfect Aww. shell with a heart inside it. Like, it looks fake. Like, I still have it. it it's really big, perfect. It on. It's really it perfect. It is. And I was like, you know, I was trying to make it hard on him. Like, <laughs> I like to mess with my dad or, like, we tease yeah. him. Like, okay, come on. <laughs> like, let's make this hard on him. And I was like, no way. Right. And we both were just in total shock. I had an addiction, so I found myself constantly down in those in the Rampart area of L.A., and I got arrested for possession, and I found myself handcuffed to a, a, a bench in, uh, in the Rampart police station. They shut down that Rampart station, and then mm -hmm. five years later, they made a movie about it with Woody Harrelson, and they reopened that station, and I was cast as one of the detectives in the movie. I, I had to change clothes uh, into my detective uniform at the same exact bench that I had been handcuffed to like five years earlier. Talk about healing. Now I'm changing into my detective clothes on the same bench, telling the story of these corrupt police officers, which takes nothing away from my own, my own culpability and things. But that's when I realized that this is how it goes sometimes. And if you can recognize that kind of stuff. My grandma and grandpa got in a car accident. We were taken to the hospital, and that night I had a dream that my uncle, Brad, was lifting my grandpa up out of the water in a lake, and he was walking him to the shore. And then the next day, my grandpa passed away. That dream was the first thing to me that said, wow, I had a premonition of him passing, and, and now I know that his son received him yeah. on the other side. It, it still is one of the most beautiful dreams I've had because the the woods and the lake, my Uncle Brad owned a cabin up in the woods up in Idaho that we would go to every year. And my mm. grandpa loved being up there. And mm. so when I had that dream, it was that lake. They have the ability of manipulating energy around us. For me, one of my mom's main signs to me has always been a white butterfly. And it's Aww. not just a white butterfly flying around me, which I, I do see daily. It's also possibly getting on the road again and a car getting in front of me and there being a, a sticker of a white butterfly on the back of the car or getting mm -hmm. a card in the mail and having that white butterfly on the car. There's so many mm -hmm. different ways of experiencing that sign. It doesn't have to just be physical in that sense. Another 
right. way that, that we have a connection is through numbers. I remember back in the 90s when we had pagers, my mom would page me 143. I had a pager for about a month and she would page mm-hmm. me 143. And I see it all the time. I see it on receipts, a lot on receipts. My phone will magically light up at 143 p.m. So that's our code for I love you. When you recognize it, they will continue to deliver it to you. Heaven is not up there or out there or anything we ever were told when we were eight or 10, and that's all we could handle and make sense of. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a, it's a parallel reality running right alongside this one, but on a different frequency. And if you can begin to see it that way, everything really does make sense. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. To keep the show going, please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe in Apple Podcasts. And if you would like to share your story with me, please reach out on Instagram at Signs from the Other Side Pod. Thank you again so much and sweet dreams.